All right, going to be a fun podcast today. I am talking with Logan Johnson, who is an aspiring Bass Pro living on the road. He's in an RV with his significant other wife, right, Logan? I'm, I'm, you're living with your wife in an RV. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. I, 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 my I wife wanted... and our two dogs full time. Awesome. So I thought it would be fun to talk with uh, someone who is living that lifestyle. I see a lot of guys while I'm filming uh, Major League Fishing events living out of their RVs. Um, I'm intrigued by that lifestyle, uh, lifestyle. So I really wanted to talk with someone who was doing it. And I met Logan recently on a uh, Pro Circuit event, uh, Stop, Stop 6. And we're going to have a great conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get started. This isn't another fishing podcast. This is another fishing podcast. Well, first and foremost, thanks for coming on. And welcome to another fishing podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what I, I first want to know, uh, well, we should first talk about how we actually met. So um, I was actually f- uh, filming for Major League Fishing, uh, the Pro Circuit Stop 6 on Lake Champlain recently. And Logan, you were um, you were, uh, uh, helping out with... Um, uh, second camera boat. So basically, on these shoots, uh, we need boat transfer guys—guys guys that will uh, move camera guys around and, and get you know uh, other be able to film other anglers. And so Logan, uh, Logan was help, helping out with that. And so I, the first day of competition, I was actually uh, Logan uh, was my boat my boat camera guy. And so that's how we met, and we just started a conversation about. Uh, just what it was like to live on the road because uh, you look we'll get into this I want you to explain what what your 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 uh, goals are and and you're a young guy and and you're chasing that dream of becoming a professional bass fisherman and I and I want to hear what you're doing there but also just want to get you know real in depth with just how to do this lifestyle because I know a lot of people out there uh, when I was younger and wanted to do this for a living. Um, I really wanted to hear how people were making it happen. We're you know saving on costs, living on the road, and chasing the stream, and how it's actually possible to do it. So um, that's why I really was excited to have you on and just and let that be our, our you know our main topic of conversation. Just you know, so first let's just start out like how you're making it happen. Now, what? How did you get into this lifestyle? So last July, my wife and I decided to sell our house. Uh, we sold our home in Alabama, bought a truck camper um, and a new truck for that to slide into and got on the road starting in January. Um, I think we've not been on the road a total of 10 days since January 1. Um, started out going out to Florida uh, from the first open down there and then kind of worked our way north uh, where you and I got to meet. So it's been uh it's been fun it's been different um my family asks me all the time if you if we're enjoying it and it's something that i don't think either one of us ever want to own another home again um we love living on the road full time no kidding so so tell me before we really dive into you know the rving aspect of it tell me just you know your career goals like what are what are you trying to accomplish you know because um i'm i'm quite a bit older than you i i remember 
you know, growing up watching the Bassmasters and, and wanting to, 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 I mean, I was eating up with it, dude. And I would see guys, you know, um, once in a while you, you'd see like guys in RVs, they talk about a little bit, you know, how they were doing it, how they were living on the road, but it, it was super intriguing to me. Um, just because obviously to, to compete on the professional level, it's very expensive. Um, and then you're, I mean, you're basically a trucker too. You're on the road a lot. So, um, you know, so I, I wanted to know how, you know, how, how that all was possible. Like how, how are guys doing it? But I guess like, what are, what are your career, career goals that got you into this lifestyle and what, you know, just, I guess let's get, get into that first. Yeah. So. I've, I want to compete on the Elite Series. Um, so I'm fishing all nine opens this year and will again next year too. Um, that's my main goal, my main focus. Um, I fish in Toyotas along the way here and there um, and try to jump in to other regional events as I, as I have time. Um, this year I had 22 events on the schedule um, and I've actually knocked one off, so I'm down to 21. Um, so that's just my goal is to is to make the elite series uh and and doing the camper life allowed us to be able to do that i mean it saves enough money when you're looking at being somewhere for for over a week you know seven to ten days you take seven to ten hotel stays uh that amount of money we can stay for three four weeks uh in, in campgrounds for that amount of money gotcha gotcha yeah that's like I mean, the amount of money you could say, but I guess first, like, what do you, what are the, just to jump into it initially, like, what, what do you have to, so you, you sold your house and mm-hmm. I imagine you made, especially with the way the market is right now, you made significant Absolutely. money from that. So did you then, did you then take that money and buy the RV in a new truck or like, how did you, what did you, so, how did you manage that? So for us, it is to give you the, the, the whole scope of it, it is very hard to find a loan on a camper, um, whether it's a, a fifth wheel, a slot in, it doesn't matter. Um, if you tell the loan company that you're going to be a full-time RVer, it's extremely hard to find that uh, loan. So what we actually ended up doing was do a CD loan um, and on our camper uh, and then a regular truck loan on the truck, which I already had a truck loan at the time. It was just upgrading that truck loan. Um, but it is extremely hard for anybody that is looking into doing this. If you've not already looked into the loan piece of it, it's extremely hard to find a company that will loan to full-timers. There's a few companies out in the Midwest, um, but they're usually six to eight weeks out uh, on even getting your application started. So you're, you're saying like if I, if I was to go to – so I'm, I bank with U.S. Bank here in Minnesota – um, right. You're saying that I couldn't easily, if I was to tell them that like I'm going to be a full time RV, th- that it would be very hard to get a loan from them. Yeah, I mean, most of the time they're going to ask you, are you using it for recreational purposes, or you know, what's the purpose of the loan for the RV? And if you tell them, because we made the mistake of doing that uh, with the first loan company we looked into and told them we were going to be living in it full time, because they have to have obviously a physical address for you to. I guess if you ever repo it for lack of better terms. So you know, that's not going to be your physical address anymore. Um, and they, they start kind of, you know, having a little bit of second thoughts about it. And then they ask you, okay, are you full timing in it? And you say yes. And they, that completely stops the conversation right there. Like I said, there's a couple small companies out in the Midwest that'll do it, but uh, we tried to go that route, but they were eight weeks and we already had a camper, the one that we live in pre-ordered. So 
we were kind of having to move kind of fast. So, so basically, you took that money um, that you sold from the house. You had you didn't have to take a loan out. You know, you're able just to put just to buy it outright. Uh, is there is there any advice you get to give to someone that that you know? Um, other than just saving money, <laughs> saving money, or like, I mean, what if you, have you heard of any other ways to get a loan? The like I said, there's only like two small companies out in the Midwest that will do a loan, a true loan on a full timer. Um, now, if you're not going to be living in it full time, then you're good to go. I mean, it's just a regular standard loan on an RV. Um, you can go the route that we did uh, and do a CD loan if you do have the cash, and the CD makes two uh, percent. Uh, and then the loan or a collateral loan, I guess I should say, the CD does 2% interest back in your pocket. Um, and the interest rate is 1%. So I'm net 1% on the uh, interest rate on that, on that loan, uh, on the camper. Okay. I gotcha. So you, you told me, so you're, you're married and w- did you say that this is actually your wife's idea to do this? <laughs> So, uh, we decided to sell our house uh, in June. Uh, we discussed, you know, trying to figure out how to fix the opens the upcoming year. Um, she wanted to do the whole van life deal. Um, I'm, you know, if you're interested in the in the RV world, I'm sure you've seen the the van life stuff that goes around on Instagram. Uh, there's a lot of co- or a lot of couples that we follow through there. And um, after looking at it, the van deal, just wasn't for us, just because we would have to unhook everything every day from the campground for you know the mornings of the time the sliding camper deal really really works out well for us um you know we run on palomino truck camper and it's here on electric jacks we get it leveled set up we're going to go for the week or two weeks however long we're going to be there um i'm actually still in the the same rv park i was for that that champlain event I'm going to stay and fish the toyota next week so uh we'll be here almost three weeks this time no kidding so um so when did when did you actually get kind of explain what your travel schedule is like and how you let's say you got a tournament <laughs> that you're going to pre-fish for and so start from where okay you're leaving you know who knows where you where you begin your trip but you leave to to go to your next event uh to pre-fish for um, so what, what's that process like? Like how long does it typically uh, take you to get to a place? W- how do you find a place? You know, like, how do you, how do you even like, go? okay, we're going to, we're going to set up in this location. This has all the things we need, uh, to, to live for, for a, a, a length of time. Um, how is so, that all determined? So like we're coming over to Messina for the title event. And then as soon as we leave there, we're going to Maryland for uh, the Northern Opener on Upper Chesapeake Bay. And that situation is a little bit different than what we typically do. Uh, we typically try to stay as close as we can to wherever the takeoff location is for the tournament. Um, but with that situation, I know roughly the area I'm going to be practicing in. So we try to book a campground that is close to wherever I'm going to be practicing at and on a larger body of water like that. Um, you know, and then it, it comes down to, okay, this is the section of the lake that we want to be on. Um, and then most places that we go have several, several campgrounds. I mean, even Plattsburgh here has um, six different campgrounds. Um, so we just, we get down and we look at the map and go, okay, this is the area we want to stay at. Here's the campground options. And then we just look and see who, what they have availability was. Uh, that comes down to whether you just want an electrical site, a electrical and water, electrical water and sewer, what we call full hookup. Um, and then you just base it off of that. Um, we go through the process to try to make sure we read reviews for all the campgrounds we stay at because you run into some interesting campgrounds on the road. Uh, some of most of the one we're staying at this week, 
uh, it's one of the nicest ones uh, that we've stayed at uh, all year. Um, but it's uh, you just try to make sure that you're not uh, you're not getting a uh, a terrible campground, even though you're not able to see it. So there's a lot of looking at satellite images, uh, Google Road Road View, if you get an option to, and stuff like that. So you're actually looking. Uh, there isn't. Is there any kind of like a uh, like a like a service a website where they they're doing reviews on on campgrounds or is it like you're kind of the it's the wild west you kind of have to fend for yourself on the campground side of it, it's a little bit of of fend for yourself there are a couple small uh companies that do reviews for the campgrounds um and you're able to look at reviews through that um you know and then the biggest thing that we run into is, is the traveling across country. So like if you're coming from, so we, we left Georgia, um, on our way to New York, uh, stopped in North Carolina and fished for a couple of days cause why not? And then, uh, got on the road after that. And still it was, a an, an overnight stay involved in that, in that drive. Uh, we use a, uh, a company called boondockers welcome. Um, so boondocking is the process of you're not taking the camper off the truck. Um, it stays on the truck, so you're sleeping in the camper while it's on. I mean, Boondockers Welcome is a group that provides uh, people that are either um, full-timers, part-timers, or at least have an RV um, or van in the van life deal. Uh, they have setups uh, on their property. Uh, some of them are electrical only. Some of them have full hookups. It just depends on what uh, that individual is willing to do. And it's a free service um, through them. Uh, you do have to pay for a membership process through BoondockersWelcome.com. But uh, most of the site, most of the Boondocker places are free. Some of them ask for like five bucks here and there for water or power. Um, that's really it. Uh, and we use those a lot uh, in the uh, traveling across the country. Or if you know we really want to stay at this RV park and it's not you know available for that first night we're there, we'll go ahead and get a Boondockers Welcome. Okay, gotcha. How does your um, you know, I've I've talked to my since since I was talking to you at, at Champlain, um, I've talked to my wife about you know this this lifestyle, um, and you know she's you know my my wife is a nurse. We don't have children, although our our animals are our children. They, they might as well be absolutely. <laughs> um, but they, uh, you know, she's she's all for it but i will say like if i'm gone you know uh you know off on a shoot sometimes for a week um there is concerns about like safety right and and how like how uh when you're off pre-fishing or you know getting ready for a tournament or whatever and she's alone is there any kind of safety issues that you guys are taking i mean i'm sure there is i guess i guess how how does she feel about that and how do you guys just kind of um, you know, handle handle that, like just making sure that you guys are everything's secure. You know, you know, we had that issue or that thought process, I guess, when we first started. That you know, I'm going to be gone for you know 10, 12, 14 hour days if you're up here in New York and for pre fishing. And so, what are you going to do all day? You know, there's nobody there. Um, so after our first couple of events, we really realized the amount of community that I would, is the correct term really for uh, the amount of guys that are traveling. And a lot of guys uh, traveling are traveling with their wives. Um, and so, you know, we try and book in groups. Um, you know, it, uh, one of my best friends, Bart, he travels with us for all night opens. Um, and, 
you know, after the first couple of events, we made sure that we are at the same campground and we usually stay within one or two sides of each other. Um, we've got other guys that travel with us that we all try to stay in that same campground. If, and if we can get in the same campground, how close can we get to each other? That way there's more and more people there to help look out for each other. She works full time. So, you know, she's working uh, usually from in on New York time. She's usually up, you know, moving around at seven uh, and is work, works a full day until I get back home. So she's constantly on work calls and stuff like that. So, um, so she's working she's from the hard. RV. She's like, she's basically doing remote work from, from the RV. Yeah, full time. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's the, the cool thing with being full-time remote. She's able to, she's able to work. She kept her job that she had before we sold our home and has had it ever since. Uh, she actually just got a promotion. So that works out. Uh, it's been, a, it's been really cool, uh, seeing how she, uh, works full-time from the road and makes it work, uh, through calls and, and conferences and stuff like that. And so you, you said that it was, it was her idea. So you had had this, this dream of being a professional bass fisherman. And obviously she, she saw how passionate you were about that. And so it was her idea to do this and to, to travel with you on the road. Like that is, that is incredible, you know? And, and also, yeah, just, just go into that. Like what, what kind of a woman have you found here? You know, I got really lucky. Uh, she and I were uh, sitting at home um, and it, you know, started talking about trying to fish the opens next year. And I literally walked in the house one day and she goes, you got two options. You can either quit and fish full time or you can quit and find another job. Uh, and she knew which one I was going to take. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, we had to sit down and financially plan, which is what she does for work. Um, and so she, she ran all the numbers out and, you know, we looked at it every way that we could if this happens or that happens do we only for this or that and the numbers worked out and when the numbers worked out um we started that that process um you know we put our house on the market um only stay on the market i think six days um sold the house uh, moved into my house and then i continued to work until december 31st um and then we moved into the camper and left january i believe second or the third for the Florida and been on the road pretty much ever since. So, so basically you've, what, uh, eight, eight months you've been doing this, nine months. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, roughly something like that. And so, and so she, and this is amazing because women are nesters. Women like the nest. They like to have their, you know, like my wife's you know, doing all <laughs> kinds of stuff. She's trying to make, give our place, you know, more curb appeal and, I mean, it's dudes are like, I just need a cave, man. Like, you know, I don't need, I just need a place to, you know, like uh, something over my head. And I, we were very, very basic as compared to women. Like things got to be, you know, perfectly decorated and all kinds of nonsense. But what's no, amazing, right. yeah, like what's amazing though is so, so, you, so, and I think my wife would be similar, I think, I think. But your wife said that. Uh, I mean, she's the one that said she'd never, she'd never uh, own a house again. That's pretty. Rem so, what is it? And I'm, maybe you feel the same way. I'm sure you probably do. What was it about home ownership that was so like, uh, like, see you later? I don't need to do that anymore. You know, it, you have to worry about constantly. We had an HOA that was terrible for our house was. I've got to cut grass. I work Monday through Friday. The job that I had, I worked, you know, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., at least five. 
every day of the week. And so then you take Saturday and Sunday, well, I want to fish, but now I've got to cut grass for the HLA, even though it's not very tall and your hot water heater goes out. Um, it just, there was all these little things that just kept piling up. And I'm like, why, why am I working five days a week to then turn around and work two to, you know, one to one and a half days on the house to make sure it's up to quote unquote standards for the HLA. And neither one of us are happy about it. You know, uh, I'll tell you, I'll give you a prime example. My hot water heater went out of my house. I had a gas hot water heater. The company that came out to fix it, I believe it was 1800 almost $2,000 to fix it. Um, and then I had a hot water heater go out on our camper. The very first trip we took, actually, excuse me, second trip we ever took it out. And it was, and it's 100% my fault. It's nothing to do with the company. Um, but that hot water heater went out. It was 500 bucks to replace it. And that was not to repair. That was completely replaced the hot water heater. So, I mean, financially looking at it, it it's a lot cheaper on the camper than it is on the house. Um, and that's that's one of the biggest things. But the, the thing that really sold me on it was I don't have to cut grass every week. <laughs> I know, you know, man. I, I can't cutting stand grass. cutting so grass. <laughs> it's the dumbest yeah, I mean, thing. Honestly, uh, dude, I, I've, I've said this numerous times on this podcast. I, I, yeah, I'm positive I have. Cutting grass is the single most stupid thing a person can do with their free time. Like, all you have in life, honestly, here's the, here's the real zinger of this podcast. And maybe I've said this before, too. This, all you young people listening right now, I'm going to give you the, this is going to be the pro tip of the, your lifetime, right? The single most valuable asset you have, ready for this, is your time. There's nothing more, more valuable than that. So if you're out there, I'll tell you, and, and if you're getting pleasure out of mowing the lawn, then you need to have your head checked. But the single greatest, like there's so much BS when you're mowing your lawn. You're, think, <laughs> think how stupid it is. You're wasting your valuable time. You're going to be dead at some point and so you're wasting that valuable time cutting grass like tell me dude for sure there's a they've they've there's got to be like they can't develop a grass seed that make that doesn't so that grass only grows this high like seriously right like of course they could they, they there shouldn't you shouldn't oh, have no. to you shouldn't have to cut grass anymore but anyway i digress um it's stupid and it's almost like <laughs> Not having to mow is like probably the single greatest reason to just go RVing and just live an RV lifestyle for me anyway. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it well, I mean, for me, like I said, I know a lot of people have uh, HOAs, uh, but our HOA was, it was awful. I mean, it, it, I, they would send us tickets for, or not tickets, but uh, write us, you know, citations, I guess. Uh, my wife left her car, like a tire, literally a tire parked over on the grass. And we got a citation, a citation for it. And so being able to get rid of that, get out from under the house and where the real estate market is right now, it, if you can sell your house and live out of a camper for a little while, why not? You know, I mean, you're going to make enough money off of it that it, it helps out with the expenses of buying that camper. And then you, if you don't like your front yard, you can change it every day of the week. Right. So my wife, we, we were out on our pontoon yes, yesterday, and uh, we were just like contemplating this lifestyle, right? And she's like, and she's playing the devil's advocate, which is good. That's smart, you know. Like you should, you should be weighing. Okay, what are all the things that we're not anticipating here? 
uh, if we were to do something like this, right? So you talked about the expense of, uh, of owning a home, uh, your hot water heater going out. I mean, we got a septic damn groundhog over here that's chewing around wires of our septic and we got alarms going off and all kinds of nonsense. So the septic guy is coming tomorrow. I mean, I love our home. I love where we live. But yeah, there's a lot of BS involved with being a homeowner. Uh, the maintenance, the mowing. Right. Um, so, but what are the things that you have to consider uh, when you have an RV? What are the maintenance issues? What are the potential problems that can arise? And what are the costs associated with, with that? So we actually, so one of the biggest things that you got to watch out for is roof leaks. Um, you know, most RVs, I, I, would, I don't know of one made now that's not lockable on the on the roof, but you have to get up and check the roof to make sure there's no leaks or anything like that, because you're really going to find it until it pours down rain. Um, fixing a roof leak, depending on how bad it is, a lot of times it's just caulking, uh, and you can order that caulk off of um, Amazon. We actually carry a tube with us full time. In case we are someone, we get a you know a monsoon and we've got a small roof leak. I can get up on the roof as soon as it stops raining, and fix it. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty seamless process. Um, you know the maintenance stuff of owning a, an RV is definitely in the wintertime. If you're not going to live it in the wintertime, get winterized. Uh, there's a little bit of a cost associated with that if you go through a dealership to do it. Um, otherwise, you can do pretty much what we're going to do and open all the uh, drain valves let it completely air out for a few days um, and then close everything back up and seal it. And then you just want to run a small space heater uh, in your camper for any minute residual water uh, that, that's left to make sure it doesn't freeze on the inside. Uh, they're pretty, I'm going to say quote unquote, almost maintenance free. I and mean, there are a few small things that you have to do here and there, but it's, it's not nothing major. Um, uh, the only thing that we have a reoccurring cost on uh, is propane. Uh, we have to get our propane tanks filled because our hot water heater that's instant is propane. Our uh, stove, because we have a full-size stove uh, and three-burner stovetop, um, and our refrigerator runs off of propane, too, while we're traveling down the road. You know, we pull up into a site, uh, we hook it up to power, it starts pulling off power. But if we've got stuff in the freezer, um, we travel a lot of deer meat um, back and forth just because that's uh, a great meal for us, and, and we can throw it in the freezer and, and so our freezer and our refrigerator runs off that propane while we're traveling up down the road. I'm watching my cat over here. Sorry, I have like ADHD. Um, my cat is like, <laughs> I think, so, so that damn groundhog I was talking about is, is walking past the sliding glass window here, I think, and my my cat is freaking out. I have this cat. It's basically a feral cat and um, really shouldn't be an indoor cat at all, but so my attention is a bit diverted right now as I watch this nonsense transpire. Um, no worries. But, but, but I digress. Um, I'm digressing a lot. Sorry, I, I didn't get enough sleep last night. And uh, so I, if, if <laughs> I'm try, I'm, I need to slap myself a few times to get my act together here. Um, so no I'm always intrigued. Um, you, you are we'll, – we'll, talk more about um well actually before i get into that this this is important because so you're living with your wife and you guys are in a and i'm not sure exactly what kind of um what the technical term is it's a it's a well it's a pickup bed camper is that essentially what it's what what that that genre of camper is or trailer or whatever 
Yeah, it's a slot in truck camper. So, yeah, it's a slot in truck camper. Uh, it's a Palomino HS8801 uh, is the model that we have. Um, it's got some sides of it. So we run the jacks up, back the truck underneath it, lower it down. And actually one of my sponsors, uh, Lift International, they make the tie downs, the fast guns, and the hitch extension that we have to use to be able to pull the boat. So that camper actually hangs out 20 inches off the back of the truck and so that 20 inches the boat would be into the camper without that hitch extension so that hitch extension that we have is the 36 inch model from them that allows us to have the ball uh for the receiver all the way 36 inches off of the actual bumper of the truck um and that's how it allows us to be able to go up and on the road so what would you um describe as far as okay so Describe the different kinds of, of uh, ways to do this are. So let's, there's someone out there, they want to pursue a, a professional bass fishing career, just a professional fishing career, it might be walleyes or, you know, whatever. Um, so what, what are the, the options out there for, for RVing that, where you could pull a boat behind? Uh, so what are the options, number one, to, to do this? Um, different styles, and then what do you think is the best option? Obviously, you're doing the the, the, the pickup bed style slide in, um, but you know, just just like what are the pros and cons of some of the other options? But why did you pick uh, the, the setup that you you have? So most guys that we see travel, there's really a almost a fifty fifty split. So you've got a lot of guys that did a truck bed camper uh, deal like we do, and then you've got a lot of guys that. If they're traveling with their wife, um, they do a fifth wheel uh, pull behind. Um, and there's pluses and minuses for both sides of it. With a fifth wheel, you've got a little bit more room. Um, but at the same time, now you've got to have a second tow vehicle. You've got to have entrance in that tow vehicle. Um, and it, the cost is a little bit more. So if you're looking at it from a cost-saving standpoint, only the truck camper is the way to go. Uh, and then the flip side of it is, you know, for us, we didn't want to have to drive separately. You know, we, the cool thing is, is so the next few events that we have coming up, uh, we go from Maryland to Louisiana, Louisiana, to South Carolina, South Carolina to Texas. And that's all, all in a uh, eight week period. So we're literally uh, going to have about eight to 10 days in between events. Um, and if I get done fishing on that third and final day in Maryland, and I want to pick up and drive straight to Louisiana, I can drive, uh, which we do that, you know, we switch out periodically. If, if I've fished all day and we've got to be somewhere the next, the next day, uh, we'll switch out driving. So for, for us, uh, it made more sense to go the truck cramper route than it did the fifth wheel route or, uh, even a pull behind. Um, it just, from a money standpoint and, a, and an ease of travel standpoint, Okay, so just so people understand, so basically with a truck camper, you've got your what? What is? What do you have a? Um, do you have a half ton? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I've got three. I've got a three quarter. I've got a three quarter ton truck. So I've got a twenty five hundred HD um, Chevy. Um, and upgraded a little bit uh, from the factory. Um, you always want to make sure your uh, payload is where it needs to be to be able to haul the camper that you choose. Uh, there's guys that, you know, friends of ours that have dualies because they went with the next size up truck camper uh, with, you know, three slide outs on it. Uh, you just need to make sure that whatever you're looking at, the truck has the payload capabilities of that camper. Uh, and then add, we tried to add, you know, roughly 750 pounds uh, in that what our quote unquote camper is going to weigh 
because it's a dry weight. So you look at having, you know, dishes in the kitchen, clothes, um, anything and food, anything and everything that goes inside that camper needs to be added to that weight camper is so that you know you're not maxing out your payload. Uh, then you've got other issues that are going to arise from your truck, you know, breaking down. Um, DOT, if you were to get pulled over for, for weight, anything like that. So, so basically there's the, there's the, let's the three quarter, uh, three quarter ton truck and then the slide in camper, and then you're pulling your, your bass boat behind that. Correct. That that's the setup. So then you get to, correct. you get to the location correct. that you, uh, you, yep. you're going to set up shop essentially, or you're going to, you know, um, live at. And so you, what's that, what's that process that once, once you get there, what's the process of just like setting up camp? For, for at that location and using uh you know the the method that you're rving with the with the uh, truck camper so are you are you so detached the check-in process of the rv part you know well i mean just are you are you detaching yeah, so, that so yeah like yeah so we we pull in take the boat off um leave it parked and then back the actual camper into wherever we want it to sit on our site and then it's about a, a 15 to 20 minute process and we are unhooked from the truck and about a 10, 15 minutes and we have everything hooked up, water, power, sewer, everything to the camper. Uh, we take our hitch extension off, put the regular receiver bumper in the truck and pull the boat back over there and park it next to the camper. Okay. And so we can be set up beginning to end in about 40, 45 minutes. And so with that particular setup, then you, you then obviously your your camper is now sitting on the pad wherever you have it sitting you know that you're in your all the utilities are hooked up to it um your boat mm -hmm. is next to it I, I imagine and then you have that truck that allows you then to go and run any kind of errands you need to do you then also it makes it super easy to you know you're i mean you hook up to the boat and then you know you're you're good to go. You have your little home there that you've set up. I, I love this idea because then you've you've got that little home base there. You know you've got a truck so you can go wherever the hell you want. You want to go you know explore here or there. Or even I mean if you wanted to, you could stay in a hotel room. I mean it could, for whatever reason. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Uh, but you know what I mean. So you you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, I traveled, I fished for the University of Alabama when I was in college. Um, traveled for years after that to fishing. Uh, stayed in a lot of hotel rooms. Um, I will tell you this, it is a lot better traveling having the camper. You know, I come home, it's, you know, it's our bed, it's my pillow. It's like being at home while you're on the road full time, you know, and it's it, it, it definitely helps. And having the truck here, you know, Morgan is a wonderful partner as far as going and and making sure that we're set up wherever we need to having campgrounds booked um but the other th side of that is she puts me in the water every morning at practice she keeps the truck in case she needs to go do anything she needs to do in the day or if you know i put it on this side of the river and i run 40 miles one way and a giant storm pops up instead of having to you know having to run back through that i can always give her a call and say hey i, I can you come get me and she can pull it in there and pick me up instead of running that, that additional boat gas out. Uh, so it, it helps, you know, from a financial standpoint there too. So the other thing I was going to ask you with that particular setup, so how much space do you have? You know, the, the truck campers are smaller. And so you're traveling right. with your wife. So I imagine, like, it's really important that you pick the right woman to your your wife to be able to, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
to live in a situation like this. But also you have how many animals are you traveling with? So we have two Dotsons that travel with us full time too. Ah, you're um, a Dachshund man. So am I. Yeah, yeah. Good man. I knew, I knew it. The minute I knew you, <laughs> or the minute I, I met you, I was like, this guy's this guy's legit. Yeah, for sure. So you know, we have uh, we have a, a living room, which is what I'm technically sitting in now, or a dining room table, uh, and then we have our kitchen. Uh, we've got a full bathroom, uh, queen size bed, uh, TV. Uh, it's it's basically a mini house. Uh, you know, it's, I think my wife figured it up. It's like 40 livable square feet, quote, quote unquote. Uh, but it's, uh, it's nice. I mean, we enjoy it. Uh, we've got, you know, dresser that goes, wraps all the way around the bed. Um, and we're able to pack roughly two to two and a half weeks worth of clothes before we have to stop to do laundry. We've got a full pantry. Uh, our fridge is about three quarters the size of the standard refrigerator. Um, and you know, it's, it's smaller. Uh, it took a little bit of getting used to, but uh, we're outside most of the time. I mean, most of the campgrounds we stay at have picnic tables. Um, you know, I, I travel the Blackstone, uh, like one of the smaller travelable ones. So we cook outside a lot, um, eat dinner outside a lot. I'm either on the boat working on tackle or um, when we are inside, we do watch Netflix. So, so yeah, I was I was going to ask you. So so basically, she's she's not. There isn't hasn't there hasn't arisen any like you know. I'm we feel cramped being in here, and the, you, I mean I don't want to delve too much in your personal life. Like, but but overall, there hasn't been any big <laughs> domestic. I'm just looking out for my wife and I if we decide to do this. You know, anyway. no, no. I mean, it took a little bit of getting used to. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, we're both in here cooking because uh, we both love to cook. There's a little bit of getting used to from that side of it, but. You know, as far as being on top of each other, have any any issue with you know the the space being cramped or feeling cramped or anything like that? Um, that was uh, that was one of I, I guess for me personally was one of my biggest shocks. I really felt like okay, we're going from a, a three bed two bath home to a truck camper. Are we going to be able to not uh, you know bicker all the time because we're on top of each other? And it's not been bad. Um, we're outside a lot. Um, doing things whether it's you know i'm working on tackle or we're eating outside um and then like i said with the the community that we travel with we all hang out you know in the afternoons everybody gets off the water everybody's hanging out after and it's just it's almost like it's almost like living in a neighborhood where you've got you know your you know your friend that lives across the street or down the street and you're hanging out with them in the afternoon after work or on the weekends or whatever it's a lot like that from that standpoint of these are our neighbors you know, at least 18 weeks out of the year. So we're seeing the same, a lot of the same people a lot. Um, and even in between events, there's several of us that still travel together full time. Gotcha. So you're talking of, about earlier, uh, your, your wife working from the road. Um, obviously now too, you're doing this from your iPad and you have mm-hmm. uh, a connection. I don't know if you've, it's a cellular connection or how exactly it's, <laughs> It's operating, but what are what do you do to basically remain connected to the outside world? I know that cell signals are, I mean, can do a lot of that heavy lifting. But are you doing anything else? Uh, a sat, a dish, or even like what's that Starlink now offers? Yeah. Uh, so, so what 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 are the options there? So we looked into it. Uh, we decided to try just the cell phone hotspot to begin with and see if we had any issues with it. Um, we run a hotspot off my phone, her phone, and then the 
cool thing with Chevrolet. Uh, it has Wi-Fi through the inside of it, and it's a Verizon signal. And she and I both are on AT&T, so it's going to have service. We've not really run into an issue where we haven't. Um, and then a lot of the two, and you can look at it through their website, they offer a free Wi-Fi. Uh, the one that we're staying at now has one, and most of them are pretty decent. Um, but no, we've not had an issue with having to buy an extra service or anything. The only thing that we had to do was pay a little bit of difference to get our, our cell phones turned into hotspots. Okay, gotcha. I also wanted to just come back to uh, the, the different styles of, uh, you know, viable ways, I guess, to, to do if you're, you know, an aspiring professional bass fisherman or just, you know, you're, you're given, you, you know, you'd think about, you'd, well, I mean, you kind of have to do this, as I would say. You have to. You have to. I mean, I, the whole. I, I mean, I guess there's guys that are that are doing the the hotel route. The you know the really. I mean, it's funny. Some of these pros, you might be surprised. Even these very successful pros, the shady places that they stay, <laughs> like some of these motels and stuff that I've seen. Yeah. So so I mean so you know the, it, yeah sorry. You're going to be living on the road. It comes down to, okay, do I want to stay in a shady hotel because I'm having to stay somewhere for 10 days? Or do I want to worry about booking a VRBO? And then if you book, you know, a house somewhere and you've got another guy or two that's staying there too that's traveling fishing, now I've got to worry about do I have enough space for two or three boats plus two or three trucks? Um, Now I've got to worry about, you know, is it close enough to the ramp? Oh, I can't park on this person's grass. You know, so now I don't know how I'm going to park and, we ran into all those situations over the years traveling, you know, you get to a hotel and it, you know, it's got a five-star review. You think it's a, even if it's a brand name hotel and you book it, you get, and it's not in the best area of that town. Um, or it's, it's a little bit, you know, you don't feel comfortable leaving your boat outside. I mean, even if you got everything locked up, locker bar, you know, you still hear the horror stories about everybody traveling full time. And I will say that, you know, doing the RV park deal, there's usually so many fishermen there that it's it's like I said earlier. It's almost like having a little mini neighborhood that you're traveling with full time. The other viable option is to do, and I actually uh, I talked to a, a pro about this one time that he had he had done this, but um, and now he's actually doing the the route that you are with the with the sliding camper. Um, uh, but it, it so he. He had the three-quarter ton, or it might have been a full-ton truck. You know, it might have even been a dually, but uh, with the fifth wheel, and then he was pulling a boat behind that. So how many people are doing that option that, that you know of, and what are the, the positives to that? I mean, obviously, I would say space, but... Right, and are, is he pulling like a triple, or is, is there secondary... Well, he's not He's not doing that anymore, um, but he, he, and the reason he told me he's not doing it anymore is because it was so stressful. <laughs> Because so basically, it was just a big you know. Uh, that, I could see that. Yeah, because you're you know you got the the truck and then you got the fifth wheel you know trailer long trailer. What what's the typical fifth wheel? What's the length on that? You're looking at around thirty five to forty feet something like that. Yeah, and then you got a twenty one foot bass boat behind it. You know, so he just said that it it just was extremely stressful. Yeah, you know, trailering that whole setup. You know, and so. He went to a, a, a setup like you're doing. Do you know of any people that are actually pulling all that anymore? Or is it is it mostly like campers are the way to go? I don't know anybody personally that's pulling doubles like yeah. That. It, it, know, by the way, it's just his name came to me. Legally I, I, allowed to do. 
S- sorry, yeah, it was Todd Faircloth. I just remembered the angler that that uh, told me he was, oh, was doing. Okay. Yeah, Todd Faircloth was uh, had had been, you know, you know, pull, he had tried that for a while, but he 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 had said it was quite stressful. Legally, in those states, there are some states that won't allow won't allow you to pull without a CDL or the proper equipment and we never looked into that piece of it uh from that standpoint of it being stressful of you know you've got basically 60 feet by the time you take in the extensions and you know everything else going down the road and that is not something that we wanted to be a part of at all you know so that's why we went with the truck camper route just to is there you're talking about boondockers welcome is there anything like any resources else you know other than boondockers welcome that you can kind of point people to that might help them kind of make this jump into rving yeah i'm on instagram looking at other couples that do it full-time learning a lot of truck camper forums on facebook that have my wife's a member of every one of them um that answer a lot of questions whether it's hey we run into that problem xyz how do we fix that or um you know does this truck tamper with with this truck and and going through that process and then once you finally do select your truck and your truck camper reaching out to tortliff international um and telling them hey i've got this truck and this is all the things that i want to do with it they will actually help you walk through the process of setting up what you need to order. Um, and then another company called E-Trailer is a company that you can order all those parts through um, and get everything shipped there to your house. And most of their parts they make are bolt on. So um, that is one of the biggest helps to me was how am I going to make this process work? And reaching out to Toy Lift, they were able to show us, hey, these parts with this truck is how you're going to need to be able to make everything work going down the road. And, and what are those companies again? Uh, Tortlift International, uh, and then and that you would actually order the parts through as e trailer. How do you spell that? The name of that company, the the first one you mentioned, Torklift. Oh, T O R K L I F T International. Got it. Okay. Got yep. It. Yep. All right. Right on. Well, I want to kind of turn a little bit now to just like you know how how you uh, got eaten up with fishing and how and and why you know why you decided to do this to, like. Because I'm always intrigued. Because I, I'm, I was very similar. I, I'm. That's why I'm. I do what I do now. You know. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm eating up with fishing. I've made it. You know, as far as my video production, it's 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 my main style of video production. It's what I've focused on mostly in my career is the outdoors and fishing. Um, so, but I I was that young man that was was eaten up with bass fishing, wanted to pursue a career. I'm not going to go into my full life story and bore everybody. But um, I do really admire people that are chasing this this dream. I, I, I think it's um, I admire people that go after their dreams that um, even their whatever odds there might be there. I, I, I really find it inspiring. Um, so tell just kind of go into your story, how you got started fishing. What was it that you, you know, what was it like when you decided or what was the catalyst that made you decide to, to pursue a pro bass fishing career? Um, yeah, I just, just tell, tell me your story, I guess. Yes, yeah, so I started fishing when I was probably two or three. There's pictures of me at two holding a rod. Um, you know, it, my dad and I fished together growing up um, all the time. We went, you know, every weekend when he was off work. Um, didn't matter, you know, how cold or how hot it was, dad and I fished together every weekend. Uh, you know, 
fast forward uh, to college. I fished the University of Alabama. Got to travel all over the country uh, fishing for those years. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I went home and looked at my mom and dad and was like, I think this is what I want to do full time, you know. And I started working immediately out of college, got a great job, um, worked there for nine years. And, I, but I always had that, that, that drive that I want to fish full time. I want to fish the elites. Uh, and, you know, Morgan and I met, uh, she realized that I had that dream and, and finally I got to pull that trigger this year and, and go, uh, and it's been a whirlwind of learning some of the lakes, uh, especially coming up North. Um, but it's, uh, it's been amazing. Uh, we, we've had a great time doing it so far and, and plan to do it, you know, from now on. So what did you have a particular tournament that I, so <laughs> just to tell you a little funny story here, I remember so years and years ago, I was fishing a BFL, right? Okay. And I nearly won the damn thing. I was five ounces from winning this thing. Right. And I, at that time, remember telling my my girlfriend, like, I was, I mean, I was like, I, t- I was telling her, I was like, I can taste blood. I'm ready, man. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it freaked her out. And it was like, pew, pew, heading for the hills. And we, you know, parted ways. I mean, I'm, I'm giving the Cliff Notes version of, of this. But but it was good because you know you need if if you're going to pursue a career uh, like this you need you need someone that gets it you know <laughs> that is in your corner and understands what what it takes to do something. Right. And so was there a tournament or, or a situation that it was like can you can you go into that more I think you you know you're talking about how you you told your parents but what what was it like that was like oh yeah this is. Was there a was there a particular moment that that you had done well in a tournament, or what you know what was the thought process that you know that or what was the the situation that really got got you you know uh, wound up to pursue this? You know, for me, it was it was fishing in college, um, traveling, you know, full time, seeing the country, fishing all over the country. Uh, that was kind of the thing of you know we led the national championship, the FLW or now MLF national championship uh, on Beaver Lake in Arkansas for two days. Ended up falling to fourth on the final day, but um, that was one of the, you know, highlights from college that, that showed me, hey, this is possible. Um, the first national championship that I ever went to uh, in Dallas, Texas. Finished ninth and it out of 200 and I think like 30 boats. Uh, it's about U.S. national championship. You know, I'd never seen it late before. Uh, my partner had. Um but going to these new bodies of water and, and having success was the biggest thing, you know, and then knowing that my wife was supportive was, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, or I guess now several years ago, six or seven, roughly. Um, my partner and I went the Alabama Bass Trail of Venerable, and she and I had only been dating a month or two at this point, And, you know, we're, we're walking across stage, um, after we get done weighing in, we, you know, we're holding fish up for, for all the photographers. And I look out in the crowd of my wife standing out there. And when I realized that she was there, obviously I was really happy that she came and we're leading at this point, which is awesome. Uh, ended up winning that event, but you know, for her to show up to that tournament and that she's not missed, but just a couple since then, uh, you know, if she's able to be there, she's there for every way in, uh, so knowing that she was, you know, at that point, um, 
so supportive then i knew that when we made this jump the the support would be there too yeah that's huge dude that's a that's a great uh great story uh, you know and i'm happy for you i mean i know we haven't known each other that long but i'm happy for you that you have such a great uh support system you know and i i really do um I, I just admire people that are that are giving this a go because as a fisherman I, I get it, you know. And I and one of the things that I love about fishing too is that it brings you to so many cool places. You get to see so many cool areas of the country. And you get to meet so many great people in different areas of the country. And you also learn that we're all uh pretty similar. Even though like even nowadays the craziness of what's going on, I think there's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh interests that want us to you know, I'm not going to get into this too much, but I think there's a lot of interests that want us to feel separate from each other. So, yeah, you you learn by traveling, and I get yeah. this from 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 uh, from what I do. You learn from traveling that we're all pretty similar, even though we might not agree on everything. We all get along pretty well. So, um, but yeah, that's that's another reason why I think it's just uh, a great lifestyle. I really admire people doing it, and and. And I admire you for, you know, pursuing your dreams. And I'm, uh, I think it's really exciting that you have, I'm excited for you that you have, um, a f- you got two awesome, <laughs> I'm sure you got two awesome dachshunds. I haven't, well, I haven't met your wife either, but I'm sure she sounds certainly awesome. So you've got, I'll tell you, you got the, you got the ingredients, brother, to, to, to really do well here. I'm, so I'm happy for you. But what are, so you, you said that you had mentioned that, yeah, you bet. You said that you, uh, you had had, um, you have some sponsors. That's the thing too, that people, I don't think they understand. Like, you know, this is a business. So not only do you, you'd have to find a way to, um, to live on the road, uh, but you also have to, you know, you have to get sponsors. You have to, there's that business side of the fishing industry. So what has that, uh, been like for you, you know, kind of delving in that, that, uh, d- uh, diving in those waters? It's been good. Um, you know, we, um, I ran our sponsorships, uh, for the team when I was in college. Um, so I kind of understood how the business side of it worked. Um, and then through my previous job, uh, I've made a lot of connections, with a lot of really great people. Um, one of my sponsors is a local restaurant in Tuscaloosa. It's Ray Pajama. Um, he, uh, he was a supporter from the moment I told him, uh, this is what I'm going to do next. And he played on the PGA, um, for a while and really wanted to step up and support me in my next venture. Um, but the, the whole business side of it, understanding it, knowing what you're doing, um, and how to approach, um, sponsors is is the biggest thing uh, but it's uh it's definitely been good so far uh, i've got some some more companies coming next year that are uh they're gonna be really interesting so uh follow along there on my instagram to see that but the uh uh it's been good that, that's awesome like that's just that's a part of this whole puzzle that you know people need to be aware of that you know you i mean it's a business you know and you have to you, you you can't you know i mean obviously you got to get your fishing dialed in you've got to that's got to be like the main focus but right up there right up there is is uh you know relationships with with companies you know and that's huge what what was your um major in college my major in college was advertising um, good man and so that kind of falls right and you know it like you said it's uh fishing is the top priority uh, second, secondary there is companies, your commitment to them is, 
is kept up and, and, and held through the entire, you know, contract length there. Um, so, I mean, there's been, I think the day is day 38 or 39 since January. And 30 to 35 of those days have been doing nothing but working with sponsors. That's conference calls or, um, you know, talking about products or, or whatever they ask. So that that's a big piece of it is making sure that your relationship with them is, is never falters for me and that you're doing. Yeah. You, yeah. You got to be a pro, man. You know, and you can't. And, and the thing is, this industry is so small. You cannot be burning any bridges because you, if you burn a bridge, it's going to not be long. You're going to see that person or whatever, that company. Like, this is such a, like, this is a small family, y'all. And so you're going to see them down the road somewhere. And they're, they're, you do not want to be burning any bridges. You got to be a professional. Um, and it's, yeah, just, it's, it's, this is, <laughs> listen to what Logan's saying here. He's, he's speaking the truth. Um, the other thing, so were you, um, you know, you've been doing this for a little bit now. Is there anything that's, you know, surprised you um, about the industry, about, you know, uh, the pursuing a pro bass fishing career? Is there anything like that you can, that you feel comfortable talking about? Let's put it that way first. You know, that's like, oh my gosh, well, I didn't realize that would be happening or, or uh, there's actually more jerks uh, out there, you know, also per, uh, pursuing a pro fishing career. Like, are there... I, <laughs> Here's the thing. I'll say it for you because I know I can get away with this, okay, to a certain extent. I'm not going to name names. But there are people, and I hear from these guys that are uh, just, you know, kind of newer pursuing a pro bass fishing career. And they're like, oh, yeah, that guy, I, he's a real piece of work. And I never thought he'd be a piece of work, but he's a real piece of work. I've, like, anyway, I'm going off on my own little rant here. But is there anything you feel comfortable talking about that kind of has surprised you um, as you've, as you've uh, dove into this, uh, career? Not from a, a standpoint of, of, you know, the anglers, um, you know, we, anglers as a whole, uh, aren't, uh, very apt to talk to other anglers very much unless you know each other. Uh, so and I don't, was, and uh, I don't blame, honestly, that's I'd be, a thing. Uh, yeah, that's, I don't blame, I, I mean, I would be like, listen, I'm trying to make a living here, dude. I see some, it's really funny before tournaments even like even like the like in the top 10 there's anglers that are like hey have you are you uh you catching them at all in the morning or you know they're trying to get info out of like these top guys you know and i'm and i'm like i don't know how i'd handle that situation i'm like dude i am competing against you for a hundred thousand dollars and i know what you're doing right now you're trying to you know and everybody that i've seen is totally nice you know, they handle it really well, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, you're, you're right. I mean, fishing a regional level, there's a lot of dog talk, uh, like what you, uh, but I didn't, I didn't really expect it to be as much, uh, at the opens level. And I've, I've fished the guys before, so I guess it shouldn't really have been a surprise to me, but it, uh, a little bit surprising to me that the the amount of dog talks the same whether you're fishing you know a a, a money nighter or a, a you know an open uh, the the same amount of dog talks going on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting, but I I did want to say too you know a little bit before um you know I we're, we'll wrap up here shortly. I really appreciate your time doing this, man. I say this all the time, but I I am 
very appreciative, and and I I enjoyed this conversation because I know it's, I I hope anyway. I think it's a conversation that that people would be interested in listening to because, um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of guys that that are interested in just how this is done. You know, how guys do this on the road, and then I know there's there's people listening too that would potentially want to try to to give this lifestyle a, a run. So, um, but I guess. What was I going to say? I lost my my damn train of thought here. It's very common for me. But, well, I guess we'll just kind of wrap it up with here. What are your – so what are your long-term kind of career goals? Like what are you – what do you, you want to accomplish? Uh, just, I guess, short-term and then in the long-term. You know, short-term, it's qualified for the elites. Uh, I mean, it's – I want to finish this season as strong as possible. Uh, I had a little bit of a bad tournament. Uh, and then the uh, the one before that, I had a uh, a mechanical failure. Um, but I want to finish the rest of the season as strong as possible. Let the uh, the chips kind of fall where they do, and uh, get ready for next season. Uh, you know, I really, really want to qualify for the elite all year um, and and sustain not just qualify because you see a lot of guys um, qualify they get to that two-year reprieve and then they're right back in the opens again i don't want to be one of those guys i want when i qualify i want to be in the in the elites you know till i decide to retire uh that's that's the overall long-term goal only being in the elites but staying in the elites having a good career in the elites and i guess to wrap this up is there any further is any rv tips like you could you could just like people have got if you're going to pursue this this lifestyle this is my number one rv tip and it could be something very simple but you know quite important like if you're going to get into this this is what you got to do i don't mean to give too much of a lead up here maybe you don't have any tips <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i my my biggest thing would be to make sure that you get the camper that is right for you, whether it's a fifth wheel or it's a truck camper like what we do. You know, make sure that whatever you get is the right one for you, um, because if you don't, you're not gonna have the best experience with it. Um, you know, I see guys that that have campers that they absolutely hate, uh, and I see guys that have uh, styles that they absolutely love that they these you know while we're on the road. So. Uh, that's my biggest thing is make sure that whatever you do get, whether you need to go and, and, you know, find somebody in your area that's got that same style camper and you can go and, and walk around in it, or they may even let you bark for the weekend or whatever. Um, but make sure that, that whatever camper you get, you're going to enjoy. Um, we've had, you know, really no, no problems with ours as far as well, we don't like this or we don't like that everything about it set up for us and, and we really enjoy it i think that's what makes it so easy being on the road full-time is we really do feel like we're coming home I've, when i've been on the water all day i'm not i'm not dreading i don't have that feel of oh, i'm gonna go stay at the hotel again i didn't you know get a good night's sleep because the bed was you know too firm or too soft or, or whatever i'm going home to my bed so make sure that whatever you get's right for you Right on. Good advice. And before I forget, too, um, talk about how people can find you on the socials um, and then also uh, plug, your sp- <laughs> plug, plug your sponsors, dude. So my Instagram and my TikTok are both LJFishing44. Um, and then as far as my sponsors go, like I said, Toilet International, um, 
with the the whole tie down situation everything and anything you need for towing whether you're even doing fifth wheels uh, they make a product for it uh, so toilet international uh, ramajamas local restaurant there in tuscaloosa if you're in tuscaloosa stop by it's a great place um, i also deal with uh Wadawi marine um, in Wadawi, alabama great boat dealership everything the guys down there wonderful people to deal with whether you're getting a phoenix which is what i run uh, or any of the other brands that they carry. Uh, they are a great dealership to deal with. Even if you're out of state, they sell a lot of boats out of state. Uh, uh, great, great group of guys down there. And then I've got another company in this area, uh, Fast and Easy. Uh, they actually own a uh, gas station uh, group as well as some tackle stores there in, in the Tuscaloosa area. So another great group uh, in my area. All right, my friend. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you at uh, Lake Champlain. I was in Plattsburgh, New York. Sometimes I forget what cities I've been. Mm-hmm. I, it's just all runs into, all turns into one big city. I don't know where, you know, it's it's as much traveling as I do, but you understand that. Uh, but it was, yeah, it's great talking with you. Um, I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and um, and expect big things out of Logan Johnson, man. This guy's the real deal. I've, I've talked with him enough. He's got a great system here, um, and that's what it takes. The only thing I don't really know um, is I, I I haven't seen you fish. All you did was just drive me around, and actually you drove the other camera guys around where we only worked together one day. So I know that you're of a hell of a boat driver, but I have a feeling you're a hell of an angler as well. So watch out for Logan, man. Logan, thank you, my friend, and uh, I look forward to following your career. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I really do. Uh, And I'll see you in a couple weeks, probably. Sounds good, my friend. Take care.